Hi there. Welcome to the Voice of the Force podcast for February 17th, 2021. My name is Dan, and I'm joined by my co-host, Zed. hey How you doing today, buddy? Not bad, not bad. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. And Noma. Hello, hello. Uh, I'm pretty good. So for this podcast, Noma, do you want to let the listeners know what we're doing for the sequel trilogy in regards to this podcast? Yeah, so today we're going to be going through all of the uh, comments that all of you posted to us over social media, and we're really excited for this. We were thinking if this goes well, we might end up rebranding this to Voice of the Fans or something like that. But yeah, we're really excited to hear what you guys have to say about the sequel trilogies and kind of, you know, use those to talk about and and talk with you guys about this. And uh, yeah, everything 7, 8, and 9 is on the table. And if you do want to contact us, because we'd definitely love to hear more from you guys and do some more of these, there's a whole bunch of ways to get in contact with us. I'll go through them real quick now, and then we'll go over them a bit slower uh, at the end of the show. So the first way is voiceoftheforce.com, our website. There's also our email, which is voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. We've got social media as well on uh, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we are voiceforcepod. And you can listen, rate, review, and subscribe to us on all of our podcast platforms and leave comments there, and we'll, we'll hear them as well. So that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and all major podcast platforms. Let's get into the voice of the fans. I'm being torn apart. I want to be free of this pain. I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Can you help me? Yes, anything. Yeah, so we had, I, I sent a message to people on uh, Reddit, and on r slash Star Wars and r slash Star Wars canon, as well as our Twitter. Um, mm -hmm. And we got some responses, which um, I'm actually... Like, really happy about all the responses we got. Uh, we got some good things. I just wanted to go over a few of the ones that... Um, some of them are just, like, suggestions of what we should talk about. Um, okay. So I'll just go through them in order. And uh, we can thank the people that, you know, gave us topics and talk about things that we might have to talk about yet or continue talking about something that uh, is kind of more fleshed out. So um, we got on Twitter. This is a response on Twitter. Uh, this is from uh, at Red Five Network, and they're a Star Wars podcast network that has many, many, many Star Wars podcasts in it. Um, and uh, they said, as long as time, Star Wars fans in every sense of the word, there are many aspects to the sequel trilogy that miss the mark immensely for a lot of fans. I've been watching the long behind the scenes and the sequel of the sequel trilogy, and the directors and writers had some good concepts, just didn't seem to carry over. And I think that's that kind of that hits the mark on on some things like. We had, mm -hmm. um, you know, like the Knights of Ren and uh, Snow and things like that. Like those are, mm -hmm. I think there were good concepts at, at first, but they just, I guess, it, like you said, oh, didn't carry over to the other directors, right? Oh, yeah. There, there's also a giant one, which is one we haven't talked about at all. Uh, although we didn't, I think we, we were talking about it before the podcast, which is Phasma. Yeah. 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 Great concept. Literally nothing ever happens with her. Yeah, like I cannot wait for us to read the Phasma novel because it is it is fire. It is so good. <laughs> like I don't even want to at the point that when you have not read it yet. It's the whole it's the whole Hosnian thing all over again. Exactly, right? Where it's just like, you know, you you hype me up on this character, but it's like we were mentioning it before with the High mm -hmm. Republic, where it's just like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna know if they put out the 
the ending movie or whatever too soon. But there's nothing to get us invested in the rest of it because we mm-hmm. know how it goes. And that's exactly what happened with Phasma, where it's just like, oh, we're going to hype her up for seven. Yeah, she's going to make this great appearance, the whole Boba Fett thing. And it's like, okay, yeah, but she does nothing. She's just a shiny garbage can for two seconds. Well, that, that's away. the... Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, um, she yeah, goes exactly. away, and then it's just like, okay, yeah, okay, we did that. Great. How are we going to use her and make her more badass now? Like, you're going to hype her up in the book. And then everything we read is like, oh, she's supposed to be this amazing thing, but we never see the culmination of that. The culmination yeah. of that is her getting whacked in the back and getting thrown down a, a shaft. That's Twice. it. And that, well, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, and that's it, right? So it's just like, you know, and everybody, you can make the argument with Boba Fett as well, but at least, you know, we see him actually accomplish something by catching Solo. Yeah. yeah. So you, don't even, you don't even get that. And, and especially like the Boba Fett comparison, because that's a comment that's aged like milk, right? When they were saying beforehand, like, oh, Phasma, she's going to be such a cool character. This isn't going to be another Boba Fett. And they were yeah. right because yeah. she's unfortunately worse than Boba Fett because Boba Fett did something. And one he survived. Thing. Yeah. But he did <laughs> one thing. Yeah. That's more than she did. And just because she was just know, an intimidating presence in episode seven. And not yeah. even like you, I would you, say for Finn, just, for sure. Like, right, right up and right up until the end of the movie, though, because she's intimidating at first, and then she gets ambushed, and then helps blow up Starkiller base, and then gets pushed down a, a garbage chute, right? And then it's oh just, yeah, I forgot that yeah, yeah right, garbage chute thing. And then she just only goes down from there, and it's just yeah. I don't know, it's just such such a a wasted character, especially you know they get uh, Gwendolyn, uh, blah, blah, sorry, Gwendolyn, Gwendolyn Christie. Christie to do it, yeah, yeah. And the worst thing with it is, is just the fact that it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, you know, Finn's scared of her, but again, why? We don't know why. There's well, no there's no before this to give me any sense of, yeah, she's scary and here are the reasons why. Yeah. They don't show us anything. They don't give us a quick demonstration of, like, you know, Thrawn fighting the three droids and seeing what he can do. And be like, mm-hmm. oh, man, you wouldn't want to go hand-to-hand with him. At least give us something small like that. Don't leave it all to a book to explain. Yeah, no, show us that. a couple things. And the That's worst a great part... point. Does she, does, sorry, does, does Phasma kill anyone in the, in the entire trilogy? No. Oh. At least I don't, I don't know. Not, not for my immediate like. Oh yeah, this person. I don't. Because if it did happen, it would have been so minor. Yeah. Yeah. But... I, like I, I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't think of a moment. Yeah. Exactly. Um. There's so um with Phasma. I just want to say like. You're right. Uh, Gwendolyn Christie got the short end of the stick on that, and uh, I do love her design, with like the armor and everything as well. Mm. Um. Mm. The one thing that I can't wait for you guys to read is the book. The unfortunate thing is, is it hypes her up right before The Last Jedi. <laughs> like, to a degree where it's like, it's going to make it probably worse for you for what happens in The Last Jedi to her. <laughs> See, but there yeah. you go. I'm not going to be invested while reading it. I'm gonna. It's going to be like school and read it just to get done. I, I think you're going to you like the book the in general. Ending. It's just that, mm-hmm. yeah, where the character goes, it's not, it's not fun. And the worst part is, like, I end up liking the book, and then I'm just even more frustrated. Yeah, exactly. I hope the that's the like, case. It's, it's a, but Why? It's a Why do you want us to feel pain? I want him to like the book. Right? <laughs> it's a double shot to the it's knee, a good though, book. because at this point, it's just like, yeah, you know, okay, I don't like the character, not because they're bad, just because mm. there's nothing going on. And then, okay, now I like the character, and I know nothing's going on, and they're basically dead now, so nothing is going to go on. So whoop de freaking dee Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 a lose lose scenario. Just one lose, you lose a little more, but I can't tell you which one that would be on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the next little comment here. 
So thank you for that, though. Yeah, thank mm -hmm. you. Um, uh, on Reddit, we had Cadmus underscore IRL, who uh, made a comment <laughs> of the Last Jedi's oddly positive attitude towards book burning, illiteracy, and authoritarianism is an interesting topic <laughs> for discussion. But there were people that replied. Um, how do I say this name? Dibidu Landis. Dibidu Landis replied and said, "Lol, what?" And then Little Flying Horse said, "I'm not sure where you're getting any of that. None of these themes are celebrated oh, yeah. in the movie." I, I, oh, I, I can, I can. In Last Jedi, talking about. yeah, yeah. You mean oh, but no, like well, celebrated is fact, what the guy said. Yeah, well, uh, ce celebrated might be a little. Actually, I, I think it's the right tone. Well, at least made light of. Made light of, I think, is 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 very accurate because. Yeah, he, uh, he's talking about when uh, when the tree catches when Yoda lightning strikes the tree. Yeah, so that's so a whole other, you know, the whole teaching that she's things. like oh, the the books oh, yeah. will tell me what to do. But and she the has books the books. Help. Yeah, yeah, but and well, and the whole like when uh, Luke is like screaming about like you just burned the books and Yoda's like oh, but they weren't really important. <laughs> it's just like I uh, th that's just a big fuck. Uh, yeah, right. Were fair. they not there? It's all the accumulated knowledge of all the Jedi <laughs> from as far as we know, at least the High Republic onwards. Yeah, That's... yeah no, because that confused. I, I remember that confused me because they're, you know, um, that that was one one kind of thing that I almost thought was good with Last Jedi, where it was like, oh, okay, you have accidentally explained how Luke, you know, became. One of the steps of of how Luke became Grandmaster, right? Mm. He found these books. They helped him either complete his Jedi training or, uh, you know, hone it past Jedi Master to Grandmaster. And then they go, yeah, but they're not important. Oh, they're just books. And <laughs> yeah. it's like, yeah, what, what have books ever been useful for anything? Right. And you know that the worst thing is that like, I remember the same theme happened with Bane, where it was like, mm. okay. Yeah, all the teachers and stuff are like books. What are you gonna learn from history? Forget that. And he know he learns everything he needs to learn to destroy them all from the time in his archives, from the time just with books. And like you said, Luke using those and everything. You know what? I'd rather her her have learned a bunch of things from the books than that might have justified her like sudden growth in power or whatever for episode nine mm. or whatever it may be. Like those books would have been helpful. Well, I, I think and, I think they hint that because she does actually. Uh, it, it turns out somehow she took the books at the end of eight, from what I remember. Because um, I know, because I know that that's that's a plot. Point. I don't know why I remember. It. So what was that a test from it's... Yoda to be like, oh, you think the books are burning, but they're not burning? I I, was, I have no idea. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> who knows? Clear and natural is like, yeah, this is you're supposed you're gonna get. And like the books are important later on because they give Ray understanding of like the Sith holocron or the Sith uh, wayfinders and stuff they, like that. Yeah. That's, that's the only reason like, I remember it is, be, is because the books seem to change from, from episode eight to nine of being uh knowledge of the original Jedi to Luke's journal that has the wayfinder in it. Well, it's, it's like, mm -hmm. it is that, but there, his, his notes are annotated. Like in, I have the it's visual like, dictionary. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well. I have a visual dictionary and there's like, um, like notes you can see on some of the pages of like Luke's notes kind of, going towards something saying like what is this or like you know mm -hmm. just figured out like what this means um that kind of like stuff book of the sith and stuff like that right where you see mm -hmm. like everybody has their yeah, own it's similar to it'd be similar to side. that it'd be very similar yeah. to those uh like those um in-universe fan kind of books mm -hmm. yeah where you kind of get like i have the bounty hunters code which is like it has bounty hunter notes from like everybody mm -hmm. yeah it's kind of fun 
the the last thing I'll just say for that comment is that um, I I don't feel like that was Johnson's intention, you know, uh, glorifying book burning. But I also think that there was not enough thought put into those lines. I because I'm I you know there's a good there's a good it, part of that scene though with with Yoda, where he says like we there? are the, we are those that they grow past or they they we like the masters are what the students grow past or whatever. I felt like that was a pretty, pretty solid line in that conversation. I mean, sure. I just, I just don't think enough thought was put into it. Cause like, yeah, that's, that's a good line, but you need to have those studies to actually pass on in order for you to, for the student to become better than the master. Right. I just, so. I just think he, I just think he put that line in to get a laugh and didn't really think about it. You know, like it's, it's the same thought process. It's the th same thought process that there is when you have a, uh, resistance member telling or so rose telling the literal child soldier finn that war is bad and having him realize that and it's like <laughs> yes sure that i guess that line makes sense for the moment but because you're only thinking about it in that one little moment mm -hmm. you don't realize that in the grand scheme of things it makes no sense or you know of course the line everybody laughs about the you know, we're not going to beat the First Order by destroying them. We're going to do it by protecting what we love as the base explodes in the background. Like, oh, you <laughs> failed just... at doing that. So are you going to go beat them now? Like... Yeah, exactly. Right. Just just <laughs> things that, that don't make sense in the actual if you actually look at it as a narrative. But they, they at the moment, they seem like good. You know, Once. at that it's one like... little state, they seem good. It feels like Michael Bay without the explosions. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Which it makes you really scratch your head after him. Like, I, huh? <laughs> well, it it shows you the, the how why Michael Bay stuff works because the spectacle hides a lot of the problems, right? Mm. <laughs> all right, let's get into the next comment from underscore all underscore white underscore. What a name! <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um. So they say the cast. Uh, they kind of broke down the things that because I put up on on Reddit and stuff the categories that we we're talking about. So he kind of gave their uh, opinion on it so mm -hmm. the cast the actors did a fine job with what they were given uh the music mostly passable but not very memorable i only remember ray's theme and first order theme which is very similar to what we were saying for both of those mm -hmm. there were no good new alien designs that i can remember also there were no new iconic sets that feel distinct or entirely new um and then we got uh character arcs the character development was de definitely the worst part of the story the whole trilogy suffers from mm -hmm. a protagonist problem Basically, all three characters, Poe, Finn, Rey, aren't given very distinctive personalities and don't spend enough time together to be good foils with each other. The villains, also the same problem. Kylo Ren, Hawks, and Phasma don't show any unique personality traits. They're all self-serving egomaniacs that would betray the others given the chance. Snoke, and by extension Palpatine, are just mach evil machines that only serve to pose a physical threat and non not an ide ideological slash personal one. The OT characters, with one exception, have not changed at all. It feels like they've been ruining the pl in, running in place for 30 years. Luke, however, is the exact opposite of what his character was at the end of Return of the Jedi. Mm. This would have been easier to process if we got to see any more backstory behind his change. Um, and then the last two things here uh, for the story. This is not a narrative trilogy. This is just three movies that share the same continuity. And I, I think we would agree with that. Um, each movie tries to dismantle what the previous one set up and built so that by the end there are no themes or messages that meant anything. Uh, the world building is non-existent. The main political conflict isn't explained at all. Force Awakens is just a new hope, but lamer. 
Last mm -hmm. Jedi is just different parts of Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi stitched together. And the rise of Skywalker is an abomination. Wow, okay. Um, <laughs> my personal theory is that they never planned out the trilogy ahead of time, which is, yeah, they've come out and said mm -hmm. that. Their plan was to just have three different directors play the game of Telephone for each movie and hope it would work. Overall, the main issue at Disney slash Lucasfilm is just poor leadership. There's no plan, no goal, no vision. Just a bunch of uncreative corporate suits that don't understand the soul of the franchise. And I feel like we echo some of those thoughts, but I feel like this is very <laughs> much uh, more, I don't know. I was going to say, I think, you I think you summarized our whole podcast really well. Yeah. <laughs> I think there are parts yeah. and pieces in there that I, I wouldn't fully agree with, but like I think the, the main idea is like, yeah, they didn't put any thought behind it, mm. which suffered from, like the character suffered from that, the oh, yeah. story suffers from that, the continuity suffers from that, and like just like main plot points and things are just non-existent, right? Mm. Yeah, man. It's... Uh, yeah, it's why I said like, they they bought everything in 2015 and were like bam we need to have something and rather than like okay we bought something let's take our time really build something and then like blow everybody again away again mm. with um with another like avengers style thing mm. yeah but yeah. instead of instead of doing that it's like let's cash in now because at the time we're just like we have nobody who knows anything with this and we need to take time to find these no, people are expecting us to do the next adventures now. We have yeah. to do it now. And it's like, and no, it's... if if they had just taken a breath mm. and really thought it through, like we, who knows? Even if we had, even if we hadn't gotten Mandalorian, but instead gotten like three really good connected movies that were done well. And it's it's yeah, it's the thing that it's the one thing I just I can't understand is how they they took Star Wars. And then thought to themselves, how do we handle this? And they looked at what DC was doing and went, well, let's do that. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's it's the one thing I cannot understand is, you know, they acquire this franchise. And, you know, they've already had the Marvel building blocks there, like Ed was saying, and, and they decide instead to look at DC and say, well, let's do what they're doing. Just throw people at it and not care and then be surprised that you know the response isn't amazing and it's just the only thing i can really think of is that they in in my head and i have no idea right i'm just i'm just spitballing here but i i feel like they must have acquired it and then just been like well now we have star wars no matter what we do we can't fail mm. and then they just right, released something. it yeah exactly right because mm. otherwise you know i i i at least under like at, at least in my mind the thing is just you know i don't think that hollywood is necessarily dumb in in aspects like these i just think that they care most about the money right and so i feel like they must have just thought you know we have this it's so popular it's got a gigantic fan base no matter what we do you know we can we'll we'll, we'll make tons and tons of money as opposed to marvel which uh, a lot of people don't remember this but when they acquired Marvel, Marvel Comics was not doing well for like the seventh time in their life. Like it was going dead. Like the comics were doing decent because they just finished um, a bunch of what I feel were like the last really good arcs. I'm getting off on a tangent here, so I'll try to wrap it up. But, you know, they did Civil War, Secret Invasion. I think they were in the middle of Dark Reign uh, when Iron Man 1 came out. So they were doing well, but it was just it was comics. It wasn't doing good. And then, the you know, that's why I feel like with the Marvel movies – they put a lot of time and effort 
and you know polish into it and then were rewarded with this you know amazing following that they then were able to cultivate from that but mm. you know in my head that that's that's the most logical path i can see that they took at least in you know it makes the most sense to me i have no idea but i don't know that, I that's think, what i feel and i don't think it was it was the right thing you know but. being the optimist in in, in this uh, conversation for the most part I think you, we're talking about, you know, like they didn't do a good job with the sequel trilogy. And I think we all agree on that to a degree. Mm. Um, but I think they did learn something from it. Funny enough, after the whole, you know, episode nine and stuff like that, even between episode eight and nine, I think is when the Mandalorian came out and they realized, oh, this works. This is mm. what we should be doing. And so we've gotten the Mandalorian. We've gotten the Mandalorian season two. We're getting 10 new shows. Mm. Um, a great uh, Rogue Squadron movie that I'm very excited for. Um, which is a non-episodic <laughs> movie, right? Hopefully, yeah, yeah. it, it kind of stays with the same pace with the other non-episodic movies. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm glad you're excited for it. I'm scared. But... Yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> you have good reason to be scared, you know? Like, yeah. it's not what you're... This is not the Star Wars Lucasfilm that you were expecting to happen after 2012 acquisition, right? Exactly. Um, but I'm glad that they've, at least from our perspective, have learned from what they did in the sequel trilogy didn't work and are improving and doing things that are working and bringing people in mm. that do love Star Wars and not love stars, but do know Star Wars to a more uh, deeper degree, or at least involving people that can advise on those things like the story mm. group and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're slowly uh, shifting to a Marvel perspective. Yeah. And I think um, that's a better way of doing it for, for everybody involved. Like mm -hmm. you're going to get more people viewing stuff, especially right now when the theaters aren't open, you're not going to get a lot of people going to the theaters at all in the next few years, I would assume. Um, and, uh, you know, everything's on Disney plus streaming and that's where the money is at the moment, right? You want more people to subscribe, to watch the shows. You want more people to stay subscribed, um, for more shows. So if they have 10 shows coming out on Disney plus, you're going to be wanting to say subscribe for as long as those shows are going. Mm. Um, you know, I know some people that, you know, ah. subscribe for like when the last episode of the Mandalorian season two comes out, they subscribe, binge watch it, and then they're done. And then they stop subscribing. Right, which is probably more an economical point of view, but see, I know I'm going to take the pessimistic parallel to what you <laughs> Go said. Go for it. Just in terms of, I think instead of they, well, not just instead, learn they learn to listen rather than just learning at that point because people were telling them what they were doing wrong and just there learning you instead of just doing. Yeah, from 2012 to 2015. So as I was saying before, it's just like take some time work on something and then and then put it out but with these guys it was just like it's like the last day before the project has to be handed in mm. like okay what do we got oh well, we got nothing who do we got well, we got these three okay great do something and then great like normal was saying can't fail can't fail mm. yes you didn't but you did on the money side no you know you won't fail on that you're absolutely right but you broke everybody's spirits to the points where they were ready to throw everything and burn everything at that point and scream at George and be like, why? Why'd you let this go? Look at what they've done to our boy. Right. <laughs> so at that point, it's just like, you know what? You've been shamed into listening. You've been shamed into, you know, realizing and admitting to yourself that you don't know what you're doing. You thought with the money rather than with the brains. And now you didn't and you didn't want to put the heart into it. Now you're being forced to. And it, we know from now um, that a bunch of the heads 
have no have no care for it. So mm. and um, the fact that Johnson's getting another trilogy is unbelievable, <laughs> like absolutely unbelievable. I feel like yeah. that's the last stick of arrogance that they have to be like, you know what? He he didn't he might not have gotten it to what you thought this time, but he'll get it to something this time. No. And we're just hoping it'll be the right something. Because if he does it twice in a row, they yeah, have no yeah. excuse. They really don't. And that's why, like, with this one coming up, it's just like, huh, that's still that's still a thing. It's not getting squashed. Because he was sassing people again about it. Oh, yeah. And it was like, okay, y- you didn't learn from last time. How much is arrogance going to take you through this time? Or are you going to have people like um, like Favreau and right there with you being like, hey, I want to try something like this. Do you know anything similar? Even if you're not doing anything from the timeline where they may not know enough about, but you, they still have a feel for it. They still have something of the universe and the soul and be like, you can't you can't really put something like that in that because X, Y, Z reason. Or this doesn't make sense because of this. And this is just a copy of this. And so you're on the right track with this. Maybe try a spin with this. Because if you do this, it's too close to this. Just just people to check you at every step. Mm. Of I this think point. a story group would be... Uh, the, the Lucasfilm story it's group is, needs to be involved it, for, for, yeah. for any major film or TV series that connects with something. Because um, if... It, like. Um, no, I'll let you uh, you talk first, and then I'll talk about my point next. Oh, so uh, yeah, I was just gonna jump back to because I completely forgot about the people <laughs> screaming at George Lucas after those movies came out, mm-hmm. and for me, that was just even as someone who didn't like you know the sequel trilogy, I was I was sitting there laughing when they were doing that because you know I'll, I I guarantee you most or maybe not guarantee, but I have the I have the feeling that most of those people who were yelling at him were the same people who were screaming at him about the prequel trilogy. Yep. Yeah, probably. And it, mm-hmm. and if those were the people, and granted, to be fair, I, you know, I was one of those people. Well, I wasn't screaming at him. I was just an angry teenager who said that they weren't good. <laughs> but I love them. You know, if if you're one of those people like me, this is the result. You know, you yell at him for years that he ruined Star Wars because of the, the prequel trilogy. And, and then he hands it off. Yeah, and then he, he hands it off to other people, and you and you realize, oh god, the the bottom of this pit is so much deeper than we thought it could have been. Yeah, and so you know, because at least at least with you know, I've said this before, at least with the prequel trilogy, I didn't have to look up what any of the planet names were, because mm. I you know, he has a great way of showing of of letting you remember what all the planets are. And I think that's a and hard at part about the this... story made sense Sorry. and stayed continuous. <laughs> <laughs> on the on the mention of planets, it's really funny that everybody forgets that. Yeah, while these planets, we we make them seem nonsensical because they're traveling to and from them. The planets are huge. Yeah, you can still use a planet that's come up for and be in a completely different hemisphere with a whole different feel to it and everything, yeah. and then say, yeah, you you know the the events happened on the other side. Now we're on this side. Boom! You're reusing a planet, but you're doing something new with it. It's well, and, and, you see it in fan fiction all the time, yeah. and it works. And and not just that though, right? It's it's also the fact that every planet that George made in the prequels, well, and the original, right? They're all unique, right? There's no other real ocean worlds outside of Camino that we see, right? There's no real other paradise worlds outside of Naboo. There's no real other um, metropolitan no real, city. Well, I, I was going to say like like um, Badlands worlds that aren't Geonosis, mm. right? They're all very different. 
as opposed to, you know, we get into the sequel trilogy and we get another desert planet and then we get, you know, like an, another, oh, it's salt. Well, another white planet. Like, it's just... It, I mean, it, we do get... Know. Okay, so the planet Exegol, yeah, the whole story behind it and everything, mm. whatever. But the planet itself, that's pretty unique, I would say, in the sequel trilogy. That's one planet that they did pretty well. Like, lightning just, you know, ravaging the planet. Like, it's, it's just Drummond desolate. Cos. In a, in yeah, a way, yeah, but like Drummond, like an uninhabitable Drummond Cos. Mm. Um, but I mean, yeah, that that is a... Yeah, that is a decent point. Yeah, that that kind of atmosphere you don't really see anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that was probably one of like to the to the point of you know what planets did they make that were memorable. I would say Exegol is memorable in that regard. I love the aesthetic that they had for it. Mm. Um, but it, it, it's it, just it's just like many other things. It's just the potential falls short. Right. On Exegol. So so two points here for one about the planets. Uh, so the planets. Um, I think that's where this we talked about it before a little bit where you know the sequel trilogy fails in bringing you into the star wars universe to have um recognizable aliens and planets mm-hmm. um and those those things are pretty pretty big in star wars right if you even mm-hmm. you know mention uh, a planet or you know endor or whatever it is instead of bringing up all these brand new places um <laughs> it's harder to it's harder to keep those straight in your mind and um one of the things that i'm having a hard time dealing with is when i'm reading the marvel comics it's the same thing Sometimes you get some of the planets that have been mentioned before and like some of the main planets, but sometimes you get introduced to a planet that you're like, I don't, I don't remember what planet they just went to, Mm. you know, or it's like a prison that's out in whatever space and it's called this and now they never go back to it. And it's just, there's a lot of new stuff, right? And I get that comics can do that and that's what the comics are there for. Um, It's just a lot of like, oh my God, there's so many things. Like I, I can't remember half of the places that Dr. Aphra has been to. I remember <laughs> what happens, but I don't remember where. Um, mm. So no, that... that's fair. But I mean, that, that's another decent point too, right? I I only remember one alien species from the sequel trilogy, and that's not from the movies. That's because of a YouTuber. Oh, wow. which is this? Uh, so there's a YouTube channel. Okay, <laughs> I'll make this tangent as short as possible. There's a YouTube channel that I really like called Funhouse. Mm. Oh, okay, um, and, yeah, yeah. And so they've got a guy on it who is a, I would say at least equal probably greater star wars fan than we are and uh, his name is jacob and in one of their gameplays he they do a fallen order gameplay mm-hmm. and uh in that one he they they talked they they're talking about the uh the i can't even remember his name but cal's friend in the very beginning yeah yeah Oh yeah, and uh, and they're doing that and i was like oh yeah it's the the sequel trilogy guy and jacob's like oh that's the abednito and i went oh Oh, that was it sticks in my mind because that was the moment because Jacob was kind of new at that point. I just knew he liked Star Wars, but that was the moment where I went, oh, he's a bigger Star Wars fan than I am. (laughs) He knows way more than I do. I was like, oh, (laughs) that's funny. He's my he's yeah, he's my he's my senior in in Star Wars lore. And I noticed me. (laughs) Exactly. Right. I was trying to avoid saying that. But yeah. Uh, But yeah. So because he said that, that's why Abenito stuck in my mind, because they never say it. Well, granted, you know, they usually don't say the alien races, but I I then had to look at it because I was like, no, this is this is just I don't know where he's from, but that's just an alien from something. Right. And then I looked it up and, yeah, he's from, you know, that, that they were introduced in episode seven. But, yeah, like I, any all the other all the other races, that are, I I have no idea what any of the names are. You, I haven't really been interested in looking into them. Fair enough. You think in like the character notes or something, they'd actually include that to tell you where he's from and what he is at that yeah, point. Yeah. Mm. It's that simple. But yeah, you know, but in, 
in squadrons, they can't stop and tell you how many times this Mimbanese captain is from Mimban because the <laughs> yeah, battle right. of the Mimban and Mimban. Oh my god. You get you get it's 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 high highs and low lows at that point mm. because you get a bunch of overload information on things you don't need, and then on the other side you get oh here check this out check this out mm -hmm. listen listen we give you one we know this one really well so we're gonna talk about this one and what's that one you mentioned oh he's a right yeah but this one yeah so all right let's get to the next point uh, this one's from kill welly kill underscore welly. Um, the ways the last day challenges and reinforces the themes of Star Wars is hella important to talk about. Poe's challenges to become the responsible leader contrast with the main characters of the original trilogy gaining higher ranks in the Rebellion, when only Leia shows, us, uh, shows much leadership capability. But under Leia's leadership and following her and Holdo's example, he takes on the role properly. Um, DJ's amoral refusal to commit to, cause, to a cause contrasts with Han eventually throwing in with the Rebellion. And we see Finn take the opposite approach and fully commit to the cause. Ray's fruitless search for meaning for herself by learning about her parents contrasts with ways that many Star Wars protagonists are chosen and predestined by birth. Though this was, uh, this one's undone in the next movie. Uh, but in the mo in this movie, at least she commits to becoming a Jedi by her own choice rather than based on some destiny chosen for her. Kylo Ren is recognized as a poor replacement for Vader, but does what Vader could never do by killing and replacing his master. And everything about Luke is this kind of thing and almost works as a meta commentary on fan reaction to the prequels too. He sees all the flaws of the Jedi and of himself and decided the galaxy was better off without them. But in this movie, he rediscovers what the Jedi and their heroism can bring to the galaxy at their best. And he does it in a way perfectly suited for what a Jedi should be with wisdom and empathy rather than violence. And you got to talk about the scene with Yoda which is one of the best scenes in all of Star Wars and a perfect encapsulation of one of the most important themes of the whole multi-generational story. And I think he's referencing the, the it, thing he's, I he's referenced earlier, the yeah, they the, grow beyond the, the masters. That line, right? And so I'm going to just say this up front. Um, don't take this too personally because you're you're talking about the movie that I hate the most out of the sequel trilogy, but yeah. I disagree with almost all of that. Yeah, and that's fair. Like, he got something or kill kill welly got something different out of it than than we did for sure yeah. i think i can I will, see his yeah, so... his opinion on um like dj's a moral refusal to commit to a cause um like for sure we didn't even mention dj the... but well yeah because he's a fucking garbage character sorry uh, <laughs> I mean, again, again no disrespect to benicio del toro right i love him it's just it's the same thing right the the character that that he that was written is not good but it's such a stupid it it's such a stupid point to be like look both sides are evil and it's like yeah but i we saw in the last movie one of them's literally just the nazis in space i think that one's the evil faction like it's again it's just encapsulated within episode 8 yes these points kind of make sense in the grand scheme it's not in the really grand take scheme sense. of things they all start yeah. to fall apart same thing with with you know poe cuz yes on one hand Yes, he learns, oh, you should be a leader and you should trust in your superiors. On the other hand, because this is the point that has really bugged me with that movie, part of the point that accidentally comes across in that movie is have blind trust and faith in your leadership and assume that they're going to do the right thing, which is a pretty authoritarian message. I mean, yeah, Poe at the beginning, the I, is just, I agreed with Poe, okay. you know, challenging Holdo because he doesn't really yeah. know much about Holdo apart from small reputation that he knows. And, and she refuses to divulge the plan. Yeah, I and mean, I feel like that's I, a that's and, yeah. 
and it, it's something again it's something where it it makes sense for the spectacle mm. because yes otherwise if she says we're gonna do this this super cool maneuver then it kind of ruins the buildup. but in in the movie itself it's just this constant being over the head and poe getting punished for kind of justifiably being like you're not telling any of us what we're doing we're all getting killed out there and you're not saying anything yeah what are we doing here because he seems that you know she's just trying to run and that's all they're yeah. doing and they're not going to be able to make it a in space for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah, and every but, time he says, what's the plan? It's not It's not even like, don't worry, we have something. It's stop questioning us. Mm-hmm. And just, it, it... There's a lot of plot holes, like we said. Exa- yeah. But you know what? Like, I'm, honestly, uh, Kill Welly, like, the, you have some interesting points. Uh, um, you know, just the, the main the main points that we're talking about with, like, the, the, the main characters, even. Um, yeah, well, because, and I will say, I agree with his points on Kylo Ren. Yeah. I, I think those ones are true. And I never really thought about that part, the he does what Vader couldn't. That's a, that's a good point. I agree with that. But for, yeah, all the other ones, Poe is another one that I don't understand. He spends that entire movie learning the exact same lesson he did in Episode Seven. I think the one thing, though, that is undercut with Kylo Ren is that Snoke is not actually a threat. And it's not really Kylo's yeah, master, because Palpatine is technically his master since he's controlling what Snoke's doing. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I'll I'll I'll, yeah. I'll devil's advocate that a little bit because in that movie, right? Yeah, you, you know, were, yeah in the Last Jedi by itself, you're like, oh shit, he yeah. just killed Snoke. What the boo? Yeah, exactly. This right? is crazy. I, but because you know, it seems pretty clear that Rian Johnson and J.J. Abrams weren't talking with each other. We get this, yeah. and that's part of why you know, as as the previous previous comment was saying, Episode Nine becomes such a fuster cluck mm. is because it's got to now fix everything that was undone plus nothing happens in episode eight right basically there's a lot right? of people die yeah but then a year later they're back to the exact same ministry and i mean granted again that's because they fixed stuff but i mean were you supposed to go from there like five people take on the the first order and win that make them seem even sadder it's a setup for failure for sure like i can get like it's i I believe he was trying to go for at the end of that movie, like, oh no, the bad guys are in control now. And it's like, that's kind of similar to what Empire Strikes Back does at the end of it. But at the same time, yeah, but, but it doesn't do it as well. Republic tra- yeah, it's not one rebel transport at the end of episode right, five. Right, there's still a lot left. Still room to grow. <laughs> yeah, but, it's just the main uh, protagonist gets his ass handed to him, Luke. And yeah. uh, the, yeah. and then some of the stuff with Rey, I also, for in the first place, I... I had to go up and look up what was happening in that whole, like, her training and all that stuff, especially the dark side thing. That made no sense. I had no yeah, idea what Yeah, the mirror stuff. It, does, it never came back. Yeah, right? And Well, and then Luke kind of explains it, and I guess it's just that, oh, you looked at the darks, uh, you, the dark side looked at you, and you weren't even tempted. Yeah. Or, or you, you were didn't even tempted. try to fight it. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't even try to fight it. It's like, was that the dark side? You stand in front of an infinite mirror and you snap? Like, it didn't tempt her. It didn't, like, what... It was just a big mirror, and it's just, yeah, I don't know. That, that, There's got to be some sort of so... hitting meaning there that we just, it flew right over our heads. And if that's the case, I feel like this is Star Wars. It should be a little more overt, yeah. right? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Episode 8 tries to do this thing where it's like, everything's gray, everything's in the middle. It's very realistic, and it's like, sure, but that's not core Star Wars. Core Star Wars has always oh, been, bro. yeah, good and evil. And so, again, the prequels does it well. Episode 7 does it well. Eh. Like, you have the authoritarian... Like... Oh, yeah, in terms of good and evil. Sorry, yeah, so what, yeah. what I was going to uh, say was, like, in terms of the gray, the prequel trilogy does it well, where it's like, 
you know, the Republic is good. The CIS is evil. This is very clear. The gray comes from when you start looking into it. And it's like, well, because Palpatine is controlling both sides of this war, mm. it's all fruitless. It's all pointless. None of this actually has meaning. It's right. just suffering. Like, that's the interest. It's, it has to be a gray line that connects the good and evil. And I think that's where episode eight falls apart is because they try to make the whole thing gray. But Star Wars is never really about the whole thing being gray. It's the same took, thing with... They uh, took Star Wars and printed it in grayscale on their printers. Just pure gray. And, and they, <laughs> just they, grayscale. Well, they, just, they tried to like repaint it gray, basically, yeah. right? Like Because gray works well in Star Wars. Like My favorite, favorite, favorite of any kind of plot line that they've ever tried to do with the Force is... And uh, spoilers if you've never played Knights of the Old Republic 2. Um, but Kreia... Oh yes, <laughs> yeah. Dan's thing. No, it's okay. Is, is, it's okay. Yeah. I, uh, Night's Solar Republic Two is not uh, as much as I. Uh, I played the first one, and that's more of what I'm interested in than the second oh, one. But the second one's pretty makes good. You think okay. Two exactly. Two Kreia's master plan. Because granted, she does kind of come across as more dark or light, depending on what you're doing. But her master plan is so fascinating to me and it's got such an amazing point to it that the force itself is not a good like it's not a good it's not inherently good thing. though it's, it's the balance of good well, and evil it, and and it's that balance that technically makes it evil right it's or there's at least, good and at evil at least cruel right because there's a great I, yeah and i guess yeah dan if you don't mind because i'm gonna just go blow, for it go nice little public two spoilers i'd say skip ahead like five ten minutes because i'll just i'll oh, just no. kind of encapsulate <laughs> right oh now. no <laughs> well so kreia's, kreia's master plan is to kill the force hmm. she her, that's her whole overarching goal is to just destroy the force because it's evil and she points out or not evil but at least cruel because she points out that it is just a constant cycle of violence and death because every single time you get that balance of good and evil one of the sides get power mm -hmm. and then eventually that side that gets power has to be destroyed because the force comes back and forces that balance to come back and so it's just this constant switching of sides where you can never actually get peace because the force itself will will fight loud peace exactly anytime you get peace the force will bring the dark side back and give their balance again and so it's just this constant switching of sides and i remember hearing that and being like oh my god she's right even just off of you know at the time the original and and i guess like the prequels mm -hmm. but it was such an interesting concept and in the grand scheme of things yeah, you still get that good and evil, but it's such a cool gray nugget. And if you, that's, I think, how you approach gray in Star Wars. I, that is the worst imagery I've ever heard. It's a yeah, gray sorry. nugget. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, but it's, yeah, sorry. But it's such a good, yeah. like, yeah. It, it's such a good encapsulation of how gray works and gray tones work in Star in story, Wars. In stories in general. Um, Ed, you were going to say something a while back. What were you going to say? Uh, no, it was just, it was just to some of the points where, Somebody, you'd have to view it like viewing it one time for episode eight. There's no way I would have gone into the depth of detail that this person brought out from it. Yeah, which you know you you have to watch it a few times because on that on that first watch, especially with what everybody was saying beforehand, um, two things I took away from it that really stuck was that Poe was written as the 
not swashbuckling this time, but the the defiant guy who always has to get in their face and who always has to get the last word and always has to say something. And I think that portrayal even hit hit harder because of the fact that we were in the middle of a big social justice uh, thing, and especially with women who were not women, but like the, the the leads of Star Wars who were going like you know Star Wars is girls or something like that at the time. Mm. And bringing Holdo and um, somebody who we've never seen before, but promoted through whatever, and then seeing Leia stand up right next to her, like, yes, you know, this is the new me, and everybody listen, and we can tell you whatever we want, and you'll have to listen to it the same as if a guy was saying it to you. And then it, I, all I could see it was like, you know, oh, she's doing, she's standing there, she's not saying anything, but like in another movie, if a, if a dude was doing that to somebody else, you'd still probably say something, but he might have gotten hit or something like that at one point, because, you know, it would just blow over. And I think mm. Poe did get to that blow-over point. That's when they, like, basically That's when Leia comes through and goes, pew! Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah, like yeah. a stunner, Shut right? the fuck up. But more, he just lost it with his temper and his voice, not his fists mm. or anything like that. I mean, he so tried like, to overthrow the ship's command. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And he made it to the but, bridge, and he's like, okay, hold on, this is over. And then and Leia see, comes through the, and says, nope, this is not over. And that's where I was getting the whole sense of, yeah, they wrote him to be that dude who just says no, to just advance mm. the story that's happening on the ship. I feel yeah, like because, it felt like a Poe, like I, when I first watched that, at least, I felt like I was on Poe's side 100%. Exactly. To a certain yeah, point. Yeah. To Until a certain it point. reveals, it, and it you're like, started, oh, crap. But then he just started getting more belligerent. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it was yeah. just yeah. like, yeah. And at that point, you kind of look back and be like, okay, maybe it's not so terrible, but you having this kind of reaction isn't helping you anymore at this point. It's, it's, yeah, it's told it's, you twice it's, something like that, and it's just like, okay, if you sat down and be like, you know what, we're at wit's end, and why are we still fighting? We're not going to fight anymore if you're not going to tell us what's going to happen, because we're just going to sit here at this point. You do whatever you want to do, but we're done. You know, just, almost it, like it, it strike feels, on a strip, on a ship. Yeah, it just, it just it feels very artificial, right? Yeah. Because you can see what they're doing, but it doesn't feel like it was earned for any of the characters, right? It's, there are there are legitimate reasons to question what Holdo's doing, not just because of her gender, but just because as a military commander and leaving everyone in the dark, it doesn't make sense. I mean, she didn't even say that they were, they were going do. towards crate. No, like exactly. A, a secret base. Like just even they're, even mentioning that would have been. Because can you imagine yeah. if yeah. somebody yeah. had some knowledge of the system? Yeah, at that point, being like, "Hey, you know, there's this floating mass or whatever that goes around the crate sector eight circle or whatever, and if we yeah, make yeah. it there, oh, suddenly the entire outlook changed because there's a huge nebula storm, and they can't get us, and we can't get them, but we can still slip away because we'll hit it and get out of it first or yeah. whatever." Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, regardless of anybody's, yeah, regardless of of anyone's like genders or anything, yeah, just like in in those situations, just the dynamics between the characters don't feel fleshed out enough or at least, you know, real enough that it it fully makes sense. I'm not going to say it doesn't make sense at all. Like, it does make sense what they're doing, but it just, it like, there's something missing, right? Mm. Yeah. You guys want to move on to the next comment? Yeah, and like yeah. just just to say, like I'm not putting anybody down or any gender down or anything like that. I think I think they were focusing on the superficial way too yeah. hard. But, but uh, yeah, but yeah, sorry, we just yeah. all all yelled at the same time. But yeah, no, I see what you mean. Like because that did seem very kind of um, in your face almost. Yeah, and and it 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 kind of like you said it 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 went it kind of made sense with the timeline of events, you know, back then. I say back then, it was only a couple of years ago, but, st- you know. <laughs> um, 
there's a book uh, that has Holdo's character in it. Um, Why am I not surprised? She's very, she's very different in those books. Um, yes. So it'll be interesting to see what you guys think about her then. Because uh, I really liked her character in the, I, in the book. It's not you. I'm just getting so tired of hearing that line. Of what? Oh, the, so the stories? Tired. I know, oh, I know, yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, I know. It, in the book, this in the book, it's like, yeah, I wish I had known that yeah. beforehand, but there was it, no book you wouldn't, before. It wouldn't have changed your opinion on her shit. in the movie. Well, it's also, it's also, like... It's, it is a good point. The books make the characters better, but it after a while, it starts to sound like a defense. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, the book it makes is... her character completely different. Like, it's a, okay. like the two... I didn't put two and two together until someone said it online. Like, hmm. I, I remember hearing Holdo so in the movie. So they didn't even use the same name? And, well, I think Holdo is her last name, um, which makes sense. But her I can't remember her first name. Um, but the, in the book, she goes by her first name mostly. Like she gets introduced they as like know her first this Holdo, time, neither, and then we get like no, her... they only ever call her yeah Holdo. But she's she's in she's in the books, and she's nice. she's very different. Um, but she's a lot younger too. Um, so here we go with um. So she's learned nothing from that time then. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we got nothing you're saying for this makes. <laughs> I think you guys are gonna yeah. get pretty. Uh, int- I think you're gonna love this point. This is to do with Poe as well. Um, but it has something to do with something that you both love very much. Um, okay. So this is by on Reddit uh, from Alsa Biad. That's really hard to say. For Poe, I'd like the discussion a discussion comparing the narrative theme and message of the Umbara arc in the Clone Wars series with Poe's arc in The Last Jedi. I think a lot of the discussion about the real problems with this subplot and how it narratively conflicts versus cleverly subverts um, other Star Wars st- uh, storytelling has been obscured by rude comments by sexist dude bros. Disclaimer, <laughs> I'm not a, a sequel trilogy hater. I enjoyed The Force Awakens and The Return of um, Skywalker, or The re- Rise yeah, the rise of Skywalker, sorry, The Return of the Jedi, Rise of Skywalker. Um, and also, I liked Kylo slash Luke slash Rey parts of The Last Jedi. We do get a second mm. comment by Kill Welly again, um, who says, interesting comparison, Pong Krell and Poe Dameron did both... Uh, get lots of people under their command killed. But, of course, the former does it maliciously and is stopped by a few clones, while Poe does it out of carelessness and learns better by the end of the story. I'm sure there's things to expand on in there. So, I'll give it to Ed first, and then we'll go over to Noma. Sure. Yeah, because I feel like with Poe, it's it's so much frustration already at being left in the dark, and to the point where you start to get reckless. Hey, you don't know what's happening, so you go and you try to make sense of what little information you have, which, you know, not a lot to begin with. So you do the best with what you've got. And when you realize you've either messed something up or, you know, done what you were not supposed to. I'm really struggling to remember eight here. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, I think it was mentioning mostly the, the part at the beginning of the movie when he goes in with his X-Wing yeah, and starts when, to when attack, attack the Dreadnought. The dreadnought and everyone explodes because they use yeah. those stupid bombers. goddamn bombers. Yep. Yeah. And it's it just like... You know, dude, you were you were this big hero and you've still got this sense of you know it all in your head. Time to get knocked down a peg and actually learn. And I think that mm. as far as that's all I saw as far as it uh, didn't see like, oh, yeah, you know, he was out to he was out to just destroy and kill people. And he's just being reckless. There's there's being reckless. And like, like, yeah, I got to go to the comment. There's being reckless and then there's being malicious. Because yeah. Krell fully knew about what was happening with the dark side. He wanted to join Dooku. And this was his sort of gift to them for his, like, you know, here's my donation his to get me in. Mm-hmm. Exactly, right? Whereas this is, oh, I messed up. Heck, okay. 
well, you know, now, now you let me know what's going on, right? So I won't do that anymore. I can see how that can be taken as sort of like, <laughs> I did it to screw you over, so now you have to help me. It's like the hackers going back to the company and being like, see, we broke your stuff. Give us <laughs> give us jobs now, please. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it's... I don't see them as uh, as the same thing. Yeah. No, he said they, whether... they, are, they are different in a way. Like, one does one thing, one does the other, but, like, same result kind of happens where a lot of people mm. under their command die. Uh, but... Poe has a better arc in that regard where he learns from it, whereas Krell just goes to jail. Well, who? Krell, does Krell even need an arc at that point? He has a point, he's out to prove it, and he lost. And that was it. Because if they had followed through with it like soldiers and they were supposed to, they only stopped it because they were intuitive enough to figure that out. But if they were mindless, think of the phase ones or just the shinies going mm. through, you got an order for your commander, go do it. He would have succeeded and would have gone. Because yeah. it's a plan formulated and done right there. Again, Poe is working off of next to nothing and trying to do this thing. The the whole um, intention is there is not is not malicious. Not it's not to get back at anybody. He wants to go out and help people and try to save people. He has a, he has a good heart in what he tries to do. It's a hero complex. Yeah, if, it is. If you want to take it at the worst part, right? And again, how you go from you know. Spice running to hero complex is again. Let's just take Han Solo here and put him here and work. Uh, but no, I it's it's a it's tough, but I I I'm struggling here. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting point, and I think again, I think if there had been uh, more talk between directors and just you know more of an idea of the story. It, it would have shown better because that comment actually made me realize something, which is that Poe, and again, I, I think this is accidental. I in no way think that they meant for this to happen. Mm. But I just realized Poe's defining characteristic as a squad leader is getting almost all of his men killed in every single, or all of his soldiers, or soldiers, pilots, killed in every single encounter, engagement that he takes part in. There's only one engagement in the entire sequel trilogy where he doesn't lose most of his pilots, and that's over Maz Kanata's castle. Because, like, Starkiller Base, he he takes huge casualties, which is to be expected in that one, because for some reason it was just a starfighter assault. Um, and then, you know, episode eight in the beginning, he loses everybody. And then over Exegol, he loses basically everybody. And every, in every single fight he takes part in, he o- almost always loses everybody. Three out of four engagements is a majority, right? Mm. I want to so. actually talk about that a little bit. You know, I think we've been spoiled in in Star Wars and in this respect to be like to see so many like Rogue Squadron. We know they're a great Starfighter pilot mm. uh, squadron, but, you know, it's every ba- the Starfighter pilot's life expectancy is nothing because, you know, every time you go out into that. There's a chance you're not coming back. I mean, look and at episode think, four with the, the pilots that got destroyed when they were you know doing the trench run. And right, I they just that, got killed sure. left, right, and center. I think we don't see that enough because mm-hmm. every big hero, we always see them. Oh, I'm going to jump into this starfighter. I'm going to jump into this. How many times do we see Vader or somebody take a knock to their starfighter, starfighter and start spinning like crazy? But eventually, <laughs> they make it out okay. But one dude can get his wing clipped, and oh no, that's it. It's over. Right, the plot armor. And just the high fantasy of it, I think, have really, really, really uh, jaded our eyes into this. Oh, yeah, no, you get Starfighter? Yeah, it's so cool. I'd love to do that. Meanwhile, you'd, you'd probably die in like five I mean, seconds. Let's, let's go back to Star Wars Squadrons for a minute and just say, anytime you're playing online, you're dying very fast. 
Yeah. But exactly, right? That, Who like, has lasted yeah. a, a whole round, but yet one of these guys, like, look at the Battle of Exegol. That's basically in squadrons. Everybody's going down, maybe not <laughs> responding. But Pawn's uh, posed there the entire the entire round. Mm. Okay. Okay, what hacks do you have at this point? <laughs> and you know by that point, like, with so many near misses and all that, it's plot armor. But it's mm. it's good flying, too. Like, he shows off his skill. As you admit, but he's like, a great pilot you know, for sure. Sh- but yeah, like, he like you, skill in one fight. Yeah. You love you love <laughs> Snap Wexley, and he's had how much experience, right? And he's still got three fighters got on him. What's he gonna do, right? Nobody's helping mm. him out. Post too slow, and boom. Oh man, because yeah, that's it. Don't do but that it happens. Don't do that to me. Don't give me I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but that's just it's nah, just man. another thing where it's like, yeah, remember, like Starfighter probably should, like I, at this point, I don't fault him for losing. Um, team members and stuff like that in in squadrons it should show of how how crazy these people are to sign up to be one and train to be one because it could be done just like that yeah. and it should show it shows courage on these guys to do this and the amount that they keep getting starfighter recruiters means these guys are doing something well even though they're losing numbers like crazy and being replenished like crazy people still want to do the good fight and join up to be one because of the fact so i think that sacrifice over the planet although it's stupid Oh yeah, it very was very stupid was. to do. It was I mean, it's like a these cool guys... action scene for a, a little the... tiny bit, and then it just turned into exactly. chaos. So yeah. that that just shows me that they're willing to risk it all, and they because ha- they have to because of whatever they believe in. That is martyrdom for the cause at that point. And if if anything came out of that, it was that because yeah. everybody wanted to fight even harder after they saw how how they lost everybody at that point, right? And look at what sure. Poe's constantly trying to make up for it and all that. But like, dude, you're not. Who, what kind of shield skills do you have to like blast shields onto every? You're not flying uh, Reaper, or you're not flying uh, a U-wing, right? Yeah. So it's, it's like, yeah, you're not trying to shield everybody, dude. You got you can uh, only do what you can, and then everybody else can do what they can, and you, it, sometimes it won't be enough. You you mentioned U-wing, and I got really happy for a moment because I was remembering Rogue One. <laughs> oh, so good. Let's God, move on to the next I love, question. I love the action. So yeah, oh, okay. I, I'm, I'm just going to just wrap up to uh, jump back to the comment because no. we went all over the place and I feel like we only really tapped that point. Yeah, yeah. It is a really good point. I just feel like because of how disconnected all the movies are from each other, we never really get to really focus on that point with Poe mm-hmm. enough to really see it kind of hit home. Especially in the third actually, movie. Exactly. And actually have meaning and, and really see it develop. But that can be said for most points in the sequel trilogy, I feel. True, true, true. All right. Unfortunately. This one's from Pedro J. Santos, I guess. Um, The cast did their best at trying to portray bland characters. John Williams, Mm -hmm. epic as always. Production design, great, but too reminiscent of the OG trilogy for, like, sets and things. Character arcs, vague, unfinished, incomplete. Action scenes, great action scenes, but it can't just be pew-pew. It has to be emotional stakes. Since Mm -hmm. I didn't feel any connection with any of the characters, they felt underwhelming. The lightsaber fights were horrible. I wouldn't agree with the last point. Some of them were pretty good. (laughs) The throne room scene was pretty awesome, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, uh, story, half of it, maybe. Story, the name is rubbish. Unplanned rubbish. Fair enough. All right. This one is the one I really enjoyed. It's a long one, so sit tight, boys. This is... Um, oh, is that it for that we're comment? Not gonna... That's it. Is there anything we want <laughs> well, to talk about? Just... I feel like we've talked about a lot of those things. Oh, I see, I see. I yeah. mean, yeah, no, absolutely. We're just reiterating yeah. at that point. Yeah, hit the nail on the head with all of those. I mean, we can get into an argument about the fact that Dan thinks that some of the fight scenes are good, or lightsaber fights are good in those movies, but... I, mean, this, I, I felt like, I don't know, I just enjoyed them. I didn't it, think they were anything to cry home about. Like, there no. weren't Duel of Fates, but they were they were fun to watch. 
they were fundamentally proving for some things, though, because it goes to show again that it's it's a mystery how Kylo lost that first fight. Because mm. here we get to see a lot of his skill and training in the in that throne room fight, and we see Rey floundering, and that's not because her mind is all over the place or anything like that. She's just in a fight to save her life, and she is struggling. Mm. Yet when these guys it, when are trained Praetorian guards, exactly. And then yet when it comes to him, he's yeah. fighting two at once. He's doing all sorts of crazy things. Yeah, he's not blasted. Uh, in the in the gut anymore but these are foundational skills he's using and everything right so again going back to that first movie it's just like now you make him look too good after that fight mm. it, just, it just doesn't make sense and then the best solo just, against the knights of ren fight was pretty good too in a way but yeah you're right concept wasted yeah, yeah. knights of ren i wish they, oh man remember when they were telling us before that movie came out that the knights of ren were going to be really important and have screen time right lies they had a little mini series called the the rise of kylo ren um, of course. comic series and the Knights of Ren are in that here come the band-aids yeah <laughs> well that was done by Charles Soule and it was done well I find it was hey, actually pretty good no doubt you can have really nice off. band-aids but yeah. they're still band-aids unfortunately ah. all right let's get into the next yeah, point sir, here sorry I just got one last point I'm gonna, <laughs> no. I'm gonna keep dragging these comments <laughs> that's up. okay just just for these because um, I think my biggest problem with the lightsaber fights in the sequel trilogy is they they just feel like they're there so they're not epic my what what I mean with it is in the original trilogy I can I can feel the style of it right we're doing mm-hmm. old school mix of samurai knight sword fights right mm-hmm. they're they're a lot slower but it's a lot more thought out and you know it, it's what you see when you see historical reenactors right it's a little bit slower than I feel like the real fights would be but it it does look very nice mm-hmm. and it's very very classic then we get the prequel trilogy where it's the the show has been amped up like 300% it's so much faster there's so much more style like Yoda. kind of <laughs> like exactly yeah Goku, exactly yeah. That, that's when they really turned it up to 11 but it, it works right because it, it looks really flashy and it really catches your eye the and then they, yeah they expand upon that in clone wars and it looks so nice yeah throwing the senate all yeah. that kind of stuff it's very flashy and stylistic and again, I'm biased because I don't like the sequel trilogy, but the sequel trilogy has always just felt to me like the lightsaber fights are just people swinging, swinging like Weapons. foam pool noodles at each other. Okay, It's kind of flailing and swinging, and I don't I don't really see the original because they're going, oh, we want it to be more classic. And it's like, yeah, but I don't see that because it's too it's too fast. Mm-hmm. Rebels felt more classic. Than exactly. Movies. Rebels is that perfect balance where it's the faster sword fighting that I feel Even like. Even the Mandalorian know, Samurai, with Luke. Okay? Yes, yeah, that yeah. too. Right, that's like that's like the or Ahsoka with um, yeah. the 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 lady. I can see her being more uh, ninja style, if anything, at that mm. point. If you want to take it back to the old school with like you samurai know knights and samurai fight, but I can I can definitely see her being more of a yeah, just based in that. And, but and I yeah, and that's sorry, my, go ahead. Oh yeah, sorry, and and that's my whole thing. It's just like I the fecal the fecal the, the, the fecal the, trilogy. The, the, yeah, right. <laughs> Oh god! Uh, push your glasses up there. Oh so, shit! What, what do call it? The Freudian slip. Um, the sequel trilogy. It, do, it doesn't feel to me like there's enough soul and style in it. I think that's my biggest problem with those lightsaber fights. And I think that's especially because when you have the prequel trilogy, where everybody has a style and the mysticism is there, and these are people who are trained, so mm. you're expecting that kind of stuff, right? Luke, he had Yoda, so to some extent, he knew what was going on with the first. And Obi Wan. Mm. Um, now with Ray, like we can swing a saber at a rock, is not gonna do anything <laughs> for you other than showing you how much of the rock it can bite away. And and even then, it was just like, okay, what training do you do with with Luke? He talks to you a bit. Go sleep here. Okay. 
<laughs> we don't know. I we don't have a timeline on any of that either. Like we we know it was a few days at least, but like yes. a few days versus years of training. But it's my, hard. my point will always be, you know, you got to show us something substantial that makes us think, okay, you've gone up a skill level. You've got your Bankai now. That's earned. You've got something, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, you, there was no sense of it. And and it felt like it kept that throughout. Like, it's it's constantly episode five of Luke. Oh, no, I got to go save references. them. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, there you go for those real fans out there. <laughs> but it's just like, oh, yeah, you, you know, got to go save them. Your training's not done. Go save them. Get beat up. It's a constant, it seems, with Ray. Only goes there to get beat up and somehow succeeds. So what's happening must be working, and that I feel like does the character such a disservice. Because show us all the all the growth and everything, and then from there, once she does some crazy things, it's like, oh my god, yeah, that training really paid off. Is what you're saying instead of where did that come from? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go through some smaller comments, and then we'll go through the big one at the very end because I feel like it'll be a good one to end on. Oh sure. Uh, so this one's from Don Quixote eighty one. The differing ideas of the writers slash directors is definitely something that needs to be discussed at length, which we've we've done. Um, <laughs> Ryan Johnson's apparent setting up of Kylo Ren has a big as the big bad of the trilogy, with his killing of Snoke of selfish reasons, then his wrath attack on the Resistance and on Luke, then Abrams undoing it all in the third movie so they could give the weird shippers a big taste of their creepy abuse romance with Kylo and Rey. <laughs> yeah, I can I, I I get that I guess. There's a lot of differing opinions on that final scene. It does go into a little bit more in the novelization, but, you know, again, we're talking about the movies, right? Um, but, yeah, it was definitely not what received well by a lot of people, um, that final mm. scene. But, I mean, I think we've talked about most of that pretty much this entire episode. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I'll just add to that is as much as I, and don't get me wrong, Kylo Ren is, is basically my favorite character in the new trilogy. Just and it's mostly just because I like his design and that lightsaber. I'm mm. I, I do like the crossguard lightsaber. Mm. I don't see him as a final villain. He's the mid boss. He, when when he was like, "I'm supreme leader," I was like, "Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, okay." Are you? Are you? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I didn't take that seriously. You know, I could I, like, I could have believed okay. is if they did like a time skip by like five, six years or something like that, I'm, where he's had time to develop and he's changed exactly. to a degree and learned and honed. Make him earn it. But again, the problem is in that movie. You know, if you're going to set him up to be Supreme Leader, you don't have really like one of the only times people are actually talking about him is being Snoke just insulting him for like a full minute to his face and then turn around and be like, but he's oh, oh, he's scary. Oh, he, he oh, big, big, big power. Guys, oh, look, he smashed oh a computer with the yeah. saber. Oh, oh he, scary. He threw Hux into the console. Oh, so scary. It's like, no. You, it's not. Vader choked the guy in a meeting just for jokes because he yeah. was insulting him. He also, killed, like, he also killed a guy over a yeah, uh, video he call. Killed, he killed Ozzel from another starship. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty right? intense. So he zoom, he zoom like... killed somebody. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Those are the <laughs> overarching. Oh, my God. Can you <laughs> <laughs> He Zoom called killed somebody. What? Oh, man. But yeah, those those are things are actually terrifying because it feels like there's always a presence over your shoulders. You can't relax. Right. Meanwhile, you see this guy throwing tantrums in the bathroom. You're just kind of like. <laughs> but that also uh, plays oh, to right. his character of like he's not the perfect replacement for Vader. Like there's still shit here that he has to get through and work through. Exactly. And I, I get so that. Him, him going and being like, I'm leader now just makes it seem like another desperate cry of, oh, you just it, want some attention right yeah, now. It, it's, it's, the it's the child screaming, I'm an adult, right? Like, yeah. there's just, like, if they're going to set him up to be the big bad for the next movie, he actually has to go through Something. an emotional character development to change 
how he acts. And then he right? does the emotional character development yeah, in episode the nine. Opposite way. Where yeah, exactly. Like, okay, now I'm going for a good side because mom. I do. I yeah. do like how he changed back to Ben Solo. Like I find not maybe not the way he did it in all aspects of it, but like I did like that character development because it was a huge development for the character. Like it was something that we didn't have. Is that we had something again, for him that was really I guess meaningful yeah, and, to the character. And like so many things, though, it's just it's a good change that isn't done well. Have the the talk with with weird Han Solo. That's fine. But the biggest problem with that is that they basically say in that conversation that it's his own thoughts. It's his yeah. It's his Han. not a hallucination, but it's like a it's a his memory. own memories. Yeah. No, guys, his Zampakto is talking to him. Yeah. Right. Oh, spirit. Yeah. Exactly. Spirit <laughs> world. But it's just that doesn't work then because then what you're implying or I think they're saying, but you know they're implying is that he's having a conversation with himself to forgive himself. Which that is terrible. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it goes. What are I you think, okay, kids? so. Oh, yeah, to if that you point, say you're really sorry to yourself, you're fine. To that point, though, like, to make a, a, such a, a 360 from, or 180, sorry, from, you no, know. No, no, because I, I see where you're going with this, right? Okay. Like, who else would he would he have to talk to no, to he, kind of redeem? He, he has to forgive himself for all the shit he's been doing, to a degree, but, right? Uh, this is what I don't understand. You can even have Han there, and he's talking with Han and blah, blah, blah. Have Luke appear. Yeah. Have Luke Part appear and talk to them. Mm-hmm. There is no rule, as far as I know, that says that, you know, a Force ghost can't talk. Yeah, a Force ghost can't talk to a Sith. We see it all the time in Extended and Swotor, but those are technically non-canon. But just have Luke come to him and say, look, we all made mistakes. I made a mistake. Because I think that would be better, yeah. Right? Since they, they can't retcon that stupid mistake, I realized uh, with one of the other comments talking about Luke's character arc, I have so much to say about how much I hate that character arc in Episode Eight. Summarize it really quickly. You're taking a man who was willing to let himself die trying to redeem his father. And the first sign that his nephew is turning to the dark side and he just tries to kill him. Yeah. Tell me how that's not assassination of a character, you know, no, that's and the character's entire, you know, I want to say pathos. I feel like that's not the right word, but the entire character's, you know, build up and emotion yeah. and everything we've learned from the original trilogy. Well, anyway, what made uh, that character that character right. is no longer, they're not exactly. the same character. They're Take that people. core Exactly. Tell me exactly. That's what. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Tell core me that character. doesn't destroy the core of the character. But anyways, and yeah, that's why that, people that, were that's... so excited about him coming back in the Mandalorian. But like, this is right. That's Grandmaster Luke. Luke. That's Old the Luke. character. Real Luke. Yeah. yeah. But so in episode nine, have Luke appear before. Just even Kyle. if you not appear, just like a voice. You know, like the the Obi Wan Kenobi voice in Luke's head. Yeah. Like yeah, even just, just have like, that talk. We all make mistakes. We, all make mistakes. we need to. Move, we need to forgive yeah, ourselves exactly. to move on. It's but never think, too late. Truly become your grandfather yeah. and come back to the light. Something like that, right? Because, like, at that point, you know, I think they need to have him there at that point. Because, like, you know, you need to have this conversation. And you have to look at somebody who's telling you all this stuff. It's like, you've hit this point where you can actually hear what I'm trying to say to you right now. And mm. from here, let that hit, let that sink in. And then if you want to have him toss his saber away after that, for actually, like, you know, getting confirmation, not just for himself, but because somebody else is like, yes, it's time. Let's go. Like how Kanan was talking to the the weird specter temple guard of the uh, Grand Inquisitor, mm. right? Something like that, where it's just like, yeah, you know, are, are you like, I'm knighting you, but not just because you're saying you're a knight now, because you've actually passed some, some I, sort of trial. Yep. I also I also just had a thought with this thing. This is, this is all going to tie into like, because I'm sure we'll get to it eventually, or people will be asking us how we think we'd fix the trilogy. Mm-hmm. I just thought of something that I hate, but I think I would have actually liked in the movie. Okay. Is if they have that they have that scene, they have that talk, and, you know, he says, you know, come back to the, you know, Luke says, come back to the light, blah, blah, blah. Instead of hurling his lightsaber into the ocean, I'm trying to think of what I would have felt seeing it for the first Curing time. Curing the, the fucking... Exactly. <laughs> Taking out his tire 
kyber crystal and like healing it so it becomes white and then going back to the fight i like it, it hurts it me to stable think because i hate that concept <laughs> oh yeah right it's stable now it hurts me to think of because i hate that concept but i'm like mm, it kind of makes sense yeah. like, as, as a thing that as a thematic well it, how how fulfilling and how much of a character arc would have that been to see him show up with a white saber instead of red you know I, well the thing too or is like i don't know i feel like when he was fighting the knights of ren he finally got the lightsaber from the connection he has with ray and all that stuff um like when he the one thing that i really liked about that scene and a lot of people i think did was when he was like he had a lightsaber and then they're all like oh shit and then he's like, like oh, he, he, does just, he does like the shrug and like that's that is father to son that is like father like son you know what i mean like it just portrayed like that was the most he felt like han solo ever well, that, yeah. and it was that's great years of hating him i'm just gonna pull his mannerisms out out of nowhere because i've been suppressing them the entire yeah. time yeah like that, yeah, that part was great. And again, right, that's just credit to Adam Driver. It He's just, a it, great portrayal of that character. As soon as he did that, the fact that he can do that, and we all think of Han. Yeah, that's that's really. There good. are good points in this, like in the sequel trilogy, like we said. But yeah, it's just it's, there's a it's, lot it's that's fine. not. Con- What's um, I was about to say something, but I, what, I was about to say something, but I think I should say it nicer. It's like trying to find it's the needle in the haystack. Yes, sure. Right, the good moments of the needles in the haystack. That's a much nicer metaphor than what I was originally going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Now I have to know. Let's move on to the next I'll, part. I'll say it afterwards. Because <laughs> I don't want this podcast to be eight hours because <laughs> of the <laughs> listeners. Uh, the next one is from Persistent Inquiry. And they responded to someone who posted before just kind of about story points and stuff. What if you actually talked about the actual story instead of generic, meaningless, illogical talking points that have been beating to death a billion times already, such as um, which they replied to like Palpatine's resurrection, the Sith fleet, killing off OG characters, retconning itself, unplanned consistent storyline. I mean, surely, even if you agree with them, you understand in, in doing that, you won't really be standing out from the internet hate crowd in any way. Why not consider a different perspective? And I, I replied to uh, that comment. But yeah, it was basically just saying, like, why not look at it from a positive perspective, basically, from, you know, all the stuff. And I think we've oh. majority been looking at it from, you know, like things that aren't good with the sequel trilogy. Uh, we, we have talked about some things that are, you know, all right with it or OK, like we just talked about with Adam Driver. It's just there's a lot of things that happen. It is it is hard to. Well, I mean, I feel like that's, that's just we, it, though, right? Like yeah. because you want to say talk about why don't you talk about the story? There's no connected story to really talk about, so you always have to take them as parts. Mm-hmm. And that means like if you try to connect seven to eight up to a certain point, that connection's gone. So then you can only talk about so much. And then when you try to talk about eight to nine, what's there is, okay, everything that nine's removed from eight because it, it was all, what's the word I'm looking for? Responsive to, okay, you said this, so I'll say this. And then they said this, so I'll say this. Not just, we're saying this throughout the entire thing. Mm. Yeah. Like, well, we yeah. knew from the first Avengers Endgame was coming. Yeah. Right. Because, well, the thing is, if we're taking out all of those points, talk, the, I, have, saying, I have his response right? here if you want me to do that before we continue. Yeah, sure. Okay. So he says uh, the three things I find most interesting about the sequel trilogy are Ray's arc, Luke's arc, and implied political messages. Regarding the last one, the sequel trilogy is generally far less political than the prequel trilogy. Uh, yeah, very much so, uh, which often works to its disadvantage. Because the basic idea they've had here is solid, the rebellion was, according to the original trilogy, a small band of freedom fighters seeking to restore freedom to the galaxy, which is what they did in Return of the Jedi. Mm. But the sequel trilogy says it's not enough for a small band of heroes to deliver the galaxy from fascism for it to go away. It must be something that gets destroyed when everyone comes together. Ordinary people must reject it and take up arms to protect their freedoms. 
The First Order thought that it would have been enough to blow up the Senate and most of their public navy, but they badly miscalculated. It's a fair point. I mean, it comes again to the planning, right? Because that's not the really message... out, that's not really at the forefront of the sequel trilogy. Like that well, point. The, the message with the sequel trilogy is you shouldn't demilitarize, I guess, right? Because yeah. the whole reason that the First Order is able to, as far as we know, they never actually tell us, sweep across the galaxy is because for some reason the New Republic decide to demilitarize and then the Resistance is supposed to be, you know, the small pockets of whatever militias they put together, yeah. which is an awful plan. How is that supposed to work? And if um, you want everybody to come together to beat the thing, shouldn't you be doing some sort of mass propaganda to get people to join yeah. up because you've created this monster or this monster is there? It's, you have a it's good recycling point there. a lot of ideas too, right? Because, yes, common people are supposed to rally up and come together and, and fight against the great evil, but that is kind of the story of the Rebellion. They never say it to your face, but just from the names of it, right? Rebellions, typically, real rebellions, like, you know, what the word originally came from, aren't usually other military forces. It is, you know, usually uprisings band. of the civilian population, right? It is you have to come together and fight. Mm -hmm. And that is something that they kind of, and I guess I shouldn't judge it like this because I've been mocking it the entire time, but they that's a big message in most of the books, right? Is you have to fight the empire. You can't just wait around for it to change. You have to rise up and join the rebellion and do all this stuff. And so again, there are people that don't. There are people that don't, yes. But again, right, even if we're going off the original trilogy, that's what Luke does, mm -hmm. right? He is a civilian who joins up after a great evil is done to him and realizes right. he needs to help change the galaxy. Yeah. Let's not forget also that this isn't even called a rebellion. It's a resistance, which means that this they've gotten so far sweeping with the uh, the First Order that now they now have to push back. Yeah. against mm -hmm. everything they're doing but it's no they're not rebellions they're just resisting the almost inevitable wave yeah. and at that point i can kind of see where they're saying you know everybody has to stand up and hold their hands up to give wow i'm just every anime today give them that <laughs> energy to stop yeah. it all of you but, please give me your spirit energy. Yeah. yeah but it's just like i can see it from that point of view where it's like you know we join the resistance because we can't let this happen to us again sort of thing but at that point again that's just fear propaganda at that point so i don't know if that mess like the political sense there may not be so heavy but it it still kind of hits the same way mm -hmm. because you still the well, as soon as you bring palpatine back in there's your politics mm -hmm. you know what the alternative is and you yeah. know what's coming so again because they're not connected it's difficult to try and see that that point of view and hold that while all this other you can't ignore yeah. the glaring parts of this it's hard you it's have really to hard to look around the him. bad exactly like the force imbalance. We have to have the balance of this at this yeah. point. Sorry, and then jump, sorry I, yeah, I was going to say, just jumping to the other points, because I guess that's one thing we haven't talked about yet. Well, we, yeah, we didn't do character arcs, which... So Ray's character arc, it's an interesting arc. It's just, it's the same thing as everything else. It's unfocused and it gets pulled in different directions. It starts off as the loner, the outcast who's good at everything, right? That's kind of what we get from episode seven. The outcast who's good at everything and learns, you know, they have a great power within them. We get the, the whole thing in eight, where, I mean, I'm sure people have an idea of what it is. I don't really understand what her, her character arc in eight is. It's just... She trains, you can gets use, more powerful, and uses that power to save people. You can use the Force. Yeah, right? You can use the Force, just not well enough to fight Snoke. And, and then in nine, it's just... If you don't want to use the dark side, you won't go evil. Like, my biggest problem with episode 9 is, and I guess 8 as well, right? Because I, I, I was mocking the mirror thing. Mm. She never struggles against the dark side, right? But as I mean, far as I that's can what remember. Luke says in episode 8. He says, like, you didn't even try to fight it. You just accepted it. 
Like the, no, the only, not even the only, that. Yeah, it's the only like time she no, lets. Yeah, sorry, go but ahead. it doesn't oh, show sorry, that she know. accepts it as a character. No, it doesn't show any sort of struggle at all. Yeah, yeah. Like there's no temp. Like like no one was saying earlier. There's no temptation. Exactly. There's no. Well, there was, okay, so in episode no eight, real the temptation was like, other than other than Kylo saying, you know, join me. Well, in but, episode eight, she like he, she talks with Luke and he says like you didn't even fight it, and she says, well, it was going to give me answers, and he says, oh yeah, you didn't even fight it because of that. And then there's oh, a conflict mean, like, between those two characters there. Like, it would give her answers about but, her lineage and, like, all this other stuff, right? Yeah, but that's the difference between, like, yeah. saying there's a problem and actually yeah. showing it, yeah, right? Yeah, no, it's no not, I agree. It's, but yeah, no, yeah, exactly. I'm just, my thoughts of it. Wait, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Anyways, yeah, right? When you say something, it's always a lot less impactful than actually showing us in mm -hmm. a movie, right? And so in 9, we get, she gets angry once and she accidentally blows up a transport, but nothing comes of that, right? So that's the closest we get is... She gets angry at Kylo and, and Force Lightnings once. As opposed to, because again, you know, in the original trilogy, there aren't a whole lot of times we see Luke really fighting against the dark side. But the one time he does is when he, he attacks Vader yeah. after Vader threatens Leia, right? And he, you see him actually get angry and go, and he has to pull himself back, right? And the only and thing that does because... is that he sees, he cuts his father's hand yes, off, which is mechanical, exactly. same hand yeah. that he's missing. Yeah, and, that and, brings, gonna, yeah. and that just pulls him. Yeah, and uh, I was going to say, like, and that's the great moment that shows us, right? Yeah. Is he, you see the spark hands, and he looks at his own, and you get that that scene of, oh, God, I'm, I'm going down the path, right? Yeah. This and is your moment of no return. Please make yeah. sure you've saved everything, and that you've Persona got five up Royal, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah and... I think that that's the thing. So overall, it's just, it's a character arc, but it's bland. I feel like it's, it's bland, and it, it's hurt a lot because there wasn't a cohesive story yeah. told across three movies and pulled in different directions because you're pulled you know in this direction initially and then you pulled back and you pulled forward exactly. and it's like it, you're just missing you're just in the same spot you were yeah, yeah exactly because... where she's gonna go where is she gonna go oh no it's like well at this point i don't care as long as it shows me something different than nothing yeah be because everyone's doing what, what they want to do there's no time to actually focus on the care and i feel like that that's how you can kind of explain everybody's character arcs in all three of these movies yeah because no one's talking with each other we get people just running on this wheel all the characters end up running on this wheel with they all they're allowed to do is get concepts introduced to them but they're never able to develop or finish those True. concepts um, like, i'll never forget sorry when you were in the we were in the theater and you were like hey you know what i think Finn was trying to tell her at the end. Yeah, yeah, that, I remember you know, that. Yeah. Was force sensitive. And as soon as you said, I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, we were in the bar. I, we were in the bar having beers. Mm -hmm. I was like, "Dude, I think I figured it out." And then, yeah, it was that was a great moment of realization. Because, uh, yeah, to that point, it was just like you, you'd have to you had to take so many things from that and try to piece them together. And I would not have I just either refused to or wasn't seeing because I thought they had killed that concept right when they gave him the lightsaber and the promotional stuff. And then it's just mm. like, oh yeah, and then now nothing. Yeah, so it's kind like, of oh, a, it was a red herring. They so shot him in the knee it. there with an arrow. Yeah. And now yeah, he's no longer yeah. an adventurer. Um, Barkle 11 gives us, I could write a 300-page book on how the sequels are essentially the biggest missed opportunity of all time. Potential <laughs> to be the greatest fiction works of our era and turn out to just be meh to mediocreness. Hey, if you need some co-authors. <laughs> <laughs> you can, Noma and Ed will be right there for you. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here's the big boy. This one I really, really loved. This is from Ghost of P34. I'll just read it. So if, uh, stick along for the entirety of this because you won't you won't uh, regret it. I just finished a rewatch with my son of all things Star Wars in chronological order, starting with episode one to episode nine and including all the cartoons. Watching the last movie still left me with the same impression that I had watching it in theaters. They missed a golden opportunity for a really great final Jedi slash Sith battle. And it was a kind it was kind of a letdown. 
I'll start with a preface that this has probably been said somewhere else many times. The final scene of Sidious versus Rey should have been done differently, in more of an mm -hmm. epic final battle fashion, perhaps not along the lines of Endgame's final battle, but more than just Sidious versus Rey slash Ren. Three things to keep in mind. One, Sidious has been tinkering with cloning slash biomedical enhancements since before episode one. Two, Sith and Jedi cannot be cloned into Sith and Jedi because midichlorians can't be cloned, I suppose. And mm -hmm. three, Force ghosts are a thing. What I would have done was make the final battle about Star Wars has always been about light versus dark, good versus evil. Essentially, the premise is that if Sidious saw fit to clone an army, enhance himself and Vader, and allowed for Sith Inquisitors to exist, then logic dictates that he would also clone his most prized possessions in Vader, Ren, Maul, Tyrannus, and the Inquisitors as well. So here goes. Sidious, having already dispatched Ren down the trench, in the final battle, sits before a tired and weary Ray, cackling like he does. Ed, do you want to do the cackle for us? <laughs> okay, see, we're making our own audiobook here, boys. And calls forth his cloned Sith Masters. This can be done in a couple of different ways, such as Sidious simply saying, Rise, Vader. Rise, Lord Vader. As a shout out to episode three, and Vader rises from some sort of tube in the ground, or with the sound of Vader's respirator breathing, breaking the silence and his saber lighting up as a shout out to Rogue One. Either way, one by one, Sith Masters, Inquisitors uh, appear from every direction, sabers, double sabers, and blades lighting up, circling Rey, including from above, thanks spinning lightsaber Inquisitors. They aren't Sith Masters really, because midichlorians can't be cloned, but they have been trained to fight. Rey says some nonsense like she does, you will never win. For example, as she lights her... <laughs> her lightsaber or Luke's lightsaber, Leia's saber is still off on the side uh, somewhere. Sidious replies with something like, Granddaughter, we are the full power of the Sith and you are alone. Do you want to say that for me, Ed? Granddaughter, we are the full power of the Sith. You are nothing. Camera switches to left side view of Rey. Her lightsaber, her single saber lit already to fight, but concern on her face at the number of foes around her. Suddenly... A saber lights at her side. Luke's voice is uh, heard to say, she's not alone. Ghost Luke appears. The best of us she is. Ghost Yoda appears. As he appears aside Ghost Luke. Uh, the two give each other a nod like, yeah, we're about to F some motherfuckers up. Purple lightsaber lights in the foreground. She is our strength, Ghost May says with a ferocious ferocity that only Sam can deliver. On the other side of Yoda, two lightsabers light and Ahsoka appears with her Ahsoka fighting stance. She is our sense of justice. She is all of us, Ghost Anakin proclaims as he stands by Ahsoka. One by one, Ghost Jedi appear around Rey, facing outward towards the Sith, ready to fight. You pick who and how many of these Jedi, until finally Rey is encircled by Ghost Jedi. Leia's saber starts to shake and fly towards Ghost Leia, who appears standing in front of Rey, looking at Rey instead out at the Sith like the other Ghost Jedi. So they're all kind of encircling her, but looking out at the other Ghost Jedi. With an uplifting, empowering smile that only Leia can do, Leia says, she is our hope, and she hands her... Uh, saber to Rey. From here, one of two things happen. It's either Ghost Jedi versus Fake Sith final battle, or the Ghost Jedi fly into Rey and she absorbs them, and much like a power in the Lego Star Wars video games, she is revitalized and badass. The latter is my preference because I envision her alternating between fighting styles of the Ghost Jedi plus one fight scenes are always more fun on screen. Noma's dying here. She hold is on. the avatar. I'll say yeah, that. Hold on. It'd be entertaining to see her jump around like Yoda too. A powered up Ray should be able to do a lot more than regular Ray. It'd also be cool to see Maul and Oppress versus Ray mini battle. 
Anyway, the last two standing with Sidious watching should be Ray versus Fake Vader. A beaten, out of breath, and severely injured Ray struggles to stay on her feet, but maybe Ray uses uh, tries using the Force to fling things at Vader, but she is clearly spent. Sidious is still cackling in the background. <laughs> the cackling stops just before Ren, jumping out that trench he had to climb out of, grabs two of the many lightsabers littered around the ground, and drives one of through Vader's back and tosses the, lights, the other saber at the thing keeping Sidious alive, causing the tubes and whatnot to break out and liquid shoots out everywhere, etc. Basically, t this buys time for the audience. Movie reverts back to as shown in the theaters. Ren dies, force healing Ray. Sidious rises, Ray in the final scene. I have more detail in my mind, but I didn't think anyone wanted to read all of it. Some answers to your questions in advance of you asking, why would Sidious clone Sith? Because he can and probably spent decades trying to clone midichlorians. I would if I were him. Two, why wouldn't Sidious just clone an army of himself? Perhaps he tried and failed. Three, why would Sidious clone Vader with breathing problems? Uh, answer is, relax, it's an effing movie and this is how the audience knows Vader. Or, what about all the Sith followers sitting in the bleachers? They had no purpose in the movie, so they have no purpose in my narrative. And five, can you please write for Star Wars? Answer is, yes, I'd be happy to. It's interesting. Sorry, is that, is that are, the end of the post? Yeah, well, there's an okay. answer to, I asked him to reply with some more stuff. If It's just a little tiny paragraph, okay. you want me to do it? That's that's an interesting idea. Uh, sorry, the, the Dan pointed out I was laughing during one part. I, I was just laughing when I was thinking of, of Ray absorbing all the Force ghosts because mm -hmm. I just like, so she's the Sith Inquisitor from SWOTOR. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, I forgot that's, about that scene. That's a Sith technique. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I do think I do think there's there's a lot of things that, that make sense there. So I'm not going to say like that. Like she got that powered up would... and she can, you know, do these things or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, and do those things. There's an so, actual physical manifestation of it. And the point that they make that I think is very correct is that yes I don't think that this needs to be the end of the Skywalker saga that movie it needs to be the culmination at least for this era of the light side versus the dark side sure I think that's much more important than their version where they're saying they're tying up the Skywalker tr tr uh, saga mm -hmm. and I'm also not going to say because I think that's a really interesting idea I, I'm not gonna say that mine would be better than that it's just just what i think it's a, uh would make a little bit more sense to me mm -hmm. is if you, they do something let's say drop the cloning because i i hate that whole thing anyways i only really hate it though because of that line oh secret sith secrets only the sith would know cloning it's like yeah because camino didn't exist but i think that I, informed his sith cloning techniques because i feel like Okay, let's get rid of know. Sith cloning. Well, yeah, so because that's not so, a thing. Yeah, so so here's what what I'm thinking, kind of like building off their idea is so let's say they get to Exegol and they do that whole thing and they have that thing and you have all those those Sith acolytes in the bleachers and maybe instead of that then Palpatine reveals that the reason that he was on Exegol and he was spending so much time on Exegol is he's been waiting for this moment you know he, like like I said before because I think they said in the movie right he's been planning this for whatever and all this time um, and he reveals that he he's basically made a horrifically elaborate Sith ritual where he sacrifices all his acolytes oh, and uses so them cool. <laughs> Kind of, right? Kind of, uh, so, something something like, oh, and man, if they even said, like, you know, studying from the knowledge of Alcorian or something. Mm. Like, that uh, would be plausible at that point. Yeah, That's right? Star Wars of the Republic uh, DLC stuff. Storyline. Yeah, yeah, that we're talking about Knights of the Fallen Empire. But, like, say, say sacrifice all the Sith Acolytes so they actually have a purpose to bring all of the Sith spirits to help him. Mm hmm. And then he starts to try and bind that either either bind them to his power or he's, you know, getting them to also attack Ray. Yeah. And then we get the moment that, that they're talking about where then, you know, for whatever reason, let, let's say maybe 
the first thing I think of that I, I even think is weak, but, you know, I'm just spitballing here, mm-hmm. is Ray, you know, Ray realizes that because she's also a Palpatine, she can also draw on the ritual and she and that or, you know, whatever else, whatever other reason they have is why all the force, the light side ghosts appear. Mm-hmm. Then you can have that fight. And then it's all the Sith spirits. And um, I don't want to say you bring people like Tenebris and, and Bane back because I think that would hurt me to see. Yeah. But you just you have that legion of Sith spirits fighting now this army of, of uh, force. And uh, then I think it's then, you know, you get that light side, dark side conflict. And it's a little bit it feels like it's a little bit more powerful than I am all the Jedi. And then Aesthetically? she force. Like, Aesthetically, and, then say... even, and then actually, sorry, I'm just, just going to yeah, say go, this point go, go. before and then maybe that even explains why Ray can kill Palpatine and not have him possess her, right? She kills him and his, you know, his body explodes and his spirit comes at him and then like Anakin steps forward and like destroys him, right? Mm-hmm. Finally for the last time. And then we can actually have that the prophecy actually fulfill itself yeah. still and keep that intact and not ruin the movie, you know? Um, or sorry, not yeah, not ruin the original movie. Just aesthetic um, aesthetics with like the the Sith kind of manifesting. If you remember the Clone Wars TV series when Yoda goes to Malachor or to Korriban or Morban or whatever you yeah. call it now and talks to, to Darth, Darth Bane. Bane that like yeah. flamey kind of like spirit exactly. thing and that, that would have been like a really those, cool those, like, exactly yeah Ed did you like that theory or like that that re that rewrite of the ending I think it was I thought it was pretty interesting like when I read it I actually was like I there's a part of me that choked up a little bit when it was like when Ahsoka appears and she says like she's our sense of justice like all the Jedi that yeah. you know each see. one of them has the way that they see the force and how they have to you know uphold justice it's just really cool uh, to see all those, those things yeah again with roadmaps it fine leave that in if you want them all to see that stuff sure. but we need way more character building before that in order for her to be any of those things sure. according to these masters that have gone past because for them to show up and say these lines She's got to show at least a spark of some of, if not all of those. And right now, all I see is just somebody who's, you know, I don't really know what I'm doing here, but I'm going to do the best I can. But if you go and then say, yeah, that's our hope and our justice and our this and our this and our this. And they look at themselves like, oh, what? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Fight. Do that to me is just like, okay, well, sure. But there's no. Sorry. Yeah. No, no. no, I'll finish your thing because. Yeah, might not be good later. Perhaps. There's no hero's journey, right? If you want to take it right back to literature building and all that, it's like this. We don't. We get. We see her go on an adventure, and you know, you pick up a skill here and there. But there's there's no sense of she's been getting up to this point of like, yes, all the things she's done. She's moved two rocks. She's done this. She's done this all in the span of like eight months. Mm. But yes, yeah, she's now everything, and that just it feels a little really Green Lantern to me at that point where Kyle Rayner's the last one left after they all, after the whole parallax incident. It's like, hey, well, <laughs> you're here. All right, yeah. you're everything. Here's a ring, buddy. Go be an artist in space. Yeah, I was going to say, it, but we gave the ring to an artist, so he has cool powers now. Yeah, right? <laughs> so it's like, and, but you, you, you know exactly what I mean by just me saying that. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's how that feels if you really don't build up this character. She has to be way stronger than she is, and I don't mean physically, I don't mean with the force or anything like that, just written way better, mm. way stronger. The story really, like, you can't have Poe and Finn being on that same level at that point. This has to be about her way more, and you need to devote way more screen time to her, and to mm. the point where they're just 
Han was a side character for a while in that first, in episode four, I think, until, you know, he was never in a scene that didn't have Luke or Leia at that point mm. or, or something. I might I might be messing that up just in hindsight, but think of it that way. It's just like, well, you know. Yeah, like the, you're right. Like the Greedo scene is the only time he's on his he's, own. Basically. He's on his own, right. Yeah. So it, like at that point, I expect if I'm seeing Finn, if I'm seeing, if I'm seeing Poe, it's because he's in a ship and like Finn's right there or she's right there. Better yet, Ray's right there. And then if I'm seeing Poe raise right there again or something like that, because there need, there's a necessary interaction that can build both characters at that point, but yeah, both yeah. characters through her, which I found we got a lot from Luke and Leia from, where it was just like with uh, with Han, for example. It's like, oh, why is the Force such this mystical thing, Ben? <laughs> Uh, soldier, I'm like, oh, that's a bunch of nonsense. Don't believe in mm -hmm. that stuff. Oh, well, actually, here's why, and I'll explain it to you. Okay, cool. Now I have some base understanding that I can try to figure out on my own as things go by. So yeah. I would, uh, an ending like this, I have no problem with, and hell, just for the cinematic view alone, of, like a, re a recreation oh, yeah. of the Battle of Rusan, basically. Because mm -hmm. at the end of every era, there's the big fight, like you were saying, right? No, so it's like you have mm -hmm. the great hyperspace wars that caused from the schism. You have this this battle between the army of light and the brotherhood of darkness. After that, boom, nothing, peace for a thousand years because Bane has gone secret with Xana now, and that's a whole thing. Mm -hmm. So you know, this is going to be the culminating event of this era, and then for who knows how long after this, there may be nothing. And what did you want to say? Oh, it went out on a whisper. It's like, oh, uh, sir, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just, yeah, it's, it's. Oh yeah, no, sorry. It's you also, disappointing. I, I, I completely forgot about Rusan. Yeah, that's a great like tie into that. To yeah, exactly, kind of show that kind of moving through. And yeah, to to go with your point, I feel like if we're gonna just uh, talk about how we kind of fix the movies now, I mean, nine's a hard one to fix, is um, unless we're gonna just completely annihilate eight and rebuild it. But I feel like yeah, you're right. Like I would even take the the ray training scene and the Poe and Finn light space jumps, and I would kind of merge those two scenes and mix them all and have it be, because I, I really can't think of another way to do this well, just just have it be a montage mm -hmm. of, yeah. you know, that the last, I, yeah, I would also make the time skip like three or four we years. We add Eye of the Tiger into years. the background of this montage. <laughs> yeah, Star Wars Eye <laughs> of the Tiger. Showing, you know, showing Ray, Finn, and Poe kind of going around doing little adventures because, you know, have the content that we should have had in eight, but we gave up for a space chase scene and and show her you know visiting temples doing the training maybe maybe like talking with other force ghosts you know doing that build up so that yeah then when we get those those scenes at the end uh when they're all giving the speech then it has a lot more impact because we know she's already met these people yeah. and we know that she's had this journey exactly show that she's been doing work she's being a jedi show mm. show us that rather than just somebody who found a lightsaber and is good at swinging it not even yeah. but still yeah, like, exactly. Be the be the actual title that you want to be, and then if, if have everybody reinforce it by knighting you in that moment, saying like she is our this, she is our this, she is our this. This is your trial. You're standing up against this. If, uh, pass or not, you are a knight at this point. Mm. Now you know, be a Jedi at that point. Like that would be amazing, and I like that. But you know, again, eight needs a complete rework for that to happen. Yeah, yeah, like. We've said that I've said this a, a bunch of times and I still stick by it. If you're still is, listening, kudos to you. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but eight needs to be eight needs to be its own movie. Eight, I think, works best if it's not a trilogy movie. If it's either a lead up to the real episode eight or it's just a side story. Episode seven and a half. 
Exactly. Because yeah. it, yeah. it really just doesn't add enough for it to be a main story. It like, would have been great as a book or a comic. Yeah, exactly. It's just a movie that is. And I think Not that's... Not enough momentum happens or movement. Exactly. And, and I think that's just the problem with giving Rian Johnson a middle movie is, you know, the other things that I've seen that he did, right, like Looper and stuff like that, they're all great self-contained stories. But there's nothing that really goes out of its way to really ask about world building and connecting and, and give those kind of questions that branch off that, you know, some other solo movies do. Mm. So I feel like that's why it works best as something outside of the trilogy, not in it, because it doesn't add enough to the full trilogy to, you know, not hamper it overall. Can I just make a point quick that I just thought about and that I never really thought about? Sure. Yeah. And you guys might have already realized this, but in episodes in episode eight, he throws a lightsaber over his shoulder. In episode nine, he catches the lightsaber going into the fire of Kylo Ren's ship when Rey throws it in there to throw it to destroy it. Again, so see, that just retconning. feels like another. It's a yeah, it's a thumb your nose to the yeah. whole thing, right? I just thought about that. I'm like, like, wow, that is yeah, that like is a you point. Were on, it's like I'm just destroying everything at this point and rebuilding <laughs> it, and then it's just going to say, hey, you're wasting my time again. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm gonna show you that you're wasting my time again. So we're really wasting both of our times, and it's like, oh god. Well, that does it for all of the responses we got for uh, Reddit and Twitter. So if you are at the end of this episode, thank you for staying on the the long ride. And if you agree or disagree on anything in the outro, we'll let you know how to get a hold of us. Welcome to the end of the podcast. Um, yeah, we're going to get through how you can contact us with things that you agree or disagree. And uh, honestly, if you are someone who loves episodes 7, 8, or 9, or all three, or just a few of them, or points and things that we didn't cover, let us know. Send us feedback, because we would love to talk about it. I would say the last two episodes have been mostly, not negative, but like criticizing some things that were in the sequel trilogy, most things. But you know, if you have any positive views on it, please let us know, because we want to get those in here as well. And get a different perspective but yeah dan, dan doesn't want to be outnumbered anymore well not just that <laughs> oh. but it just it, it gives us maybe something that we haven't thought about before yeah yeah right and in all things like you know whenever you come to the table presenting your argument you gotta try and stay neutral to some point yeah, um yeah. so if you have anything to say especially and especially if you want to defend it or you want to share your views mm-hmm. as to why like there was the one comment that was positive about it and trying to be and trying to get more people to see it that way and you you need you need balance like that mm. and if you're one of those people or if you're not even you can find us at voiceoftheforce.com there's a bunch of links there that can get you in contact with us through our email that's voiceoftheforce at gmail.com you can find us on social media there's twitter and instagram we're at voiceforcepod uh facebook you can find us there at voiceforcepod as well got a bunch of tweets coming out and anything we do post if you retweet that it helps with other people who can join the discussion who may have thoughts of theirs that they really want to share with somebody and if you're on reddit or at instagram twitter anywhere you can get into some discourse with those people as well and just by retweeting stuff reposting stuff it really helps with the listener base and don't forget to listen rate review and subscribe to the podcast on apple Podcasts. Google Podcast, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music. There you go, circa 2021. 
Yes, but you can leave, I believe on Amazon Music, you can also leave a uh, five-star review on there. Is that right? Yeah, I, b- I believe so. There's ratings on most podcast, podcast platforms. So uh, yeah, get out there, start reviewing, let us know. And yeah, honestly, at this point, even if you don't have too many hard opinions on that and you want to do like that lovely, lovely Redditor who put that like alternate scene, if you want to do something like that and get us to just voice that over, I am 100% down for that because <laughs> that is just fun at yeah. that point. That was a good, that was that was something that I really enjoyed. I thought you guys would like that little uh, mm. kind of redo of the ending of episode eight. Because it, it really yeah. combines everything because it forces you to think about what you just saw and you're like, uh, no, I don't like that and here's why. And while still being in the universe, create that headcanon for yourself. Create something for, it's like, and you know what? It's plausible with, with work to some of the other movies because you have to, it's plausible. It's a much better ending though. Good job, dude. Definitely. And uh, kudos to you for watching through the entirety of Star Wars. Uh, that's a feat. That's a regular weekend. What's wrong with you? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> the regular weekend in like, I don't know, some other universe that time goes at different uh, different times, different uh, pace. Far away. All right. With all that said, again, this is the Voice of the Force podcast. My name is Dan, and thank you for listening. May the Force be with you.